Monday through to Thursday at 9.05 a.m. on the Radio 1 Breakfast Show, our resident political aficionado, John Moore, drops by to deliver bite-sized politics. From the octagon to the beehive, to the White House to the Kremlin, as it happens, here's your political roundup. Morena, John. Morena, and on today's political roundup, teachers on strike, national claims Kiwi Build is in crisis, and armistice centenary. So first of all, the teachers are revolting. So teachers are back on strike this week, or more specifically, primary and intermediate teachers who are covered by the NZEI union, the New Zealand Educate. Education Institute, which I was previously a member of and activist in. Um, so these these strikes are going to be rolled out during the week, uh, and the strike for Dunedin will be on Thursday. Now, the government came out with a new offer for teachers on Thursday, right at the last minute, and possibly this was purposely done to to uh, force NZDI to take an immediate position. However, NZDI has argued that the last minute nature of this offer made it impossible to call off strike actions. Um, Throughout the week, teachers will discuss the latest offer and an electronic ballot will be held in two weeks after the strike. So good to see a bit of democracy in NCEI, which isn't always present in unions. However, the government is digging in their toes, arguing that they don't have any more money to offer primary school teachers who have voted to strike over the coming week. Um, Arguments over whether the government has enough money or not are very much related to how you view the government's economic policies. The government argues that it needs to run, um, uh, uh, needs to avoid any deficit, needs to pay off debt, and needs to maintain roughly a 20% surplus. So in that context, yes, the government doesn't have enough money However, um, alternative economists argue that if the government was to raise taxes, was to borrow more, um, and uh, was to say, um, uh, chose that there was a necessity to invest more in education and pay rates, then the government does have enough money. Next is the government's flagship programme, Kiwi Build, in crisis. Yes, according to opposition housing spokeswoman Judith Collins, who says that Kiwi Build is a complete shambles. Colin claims that Kiwi build houses are too expensive and too small, and generally the, the opposition has criticised Labour for not building enough houses, not sowing enough houses, and of sowing houses to the well-off rather to those in desperate need. Criticisms of Kiwi Build have also come from the left. So critics argue that Kiwi Build does not address the crisis in housing for lower income working people and the poor who would not be able to afford um, the houses for sale in the Kiwi Build programme. And the Labour government has even admitted that the Kiwi Build programme is in fact not for the poor. Um, left-wing political commentator Dr Bryce Edwards has argued that Kiwi Builders focus only on housing for the relatively wealthy and that it's time for Labour to massively expand social housing. So social housing or public housing would involve the type of investments we saw with the first Labour government way back in the 1930s where uh, a huge number of state houses were built and new suburbs developed that um, allowed poorer working class people and poor people to have a decent house. Now finally, um, people are attending public ceremonies around the world for the Armistice Centenary. So it's now a century after the First World War was finally brought to an end. 
Here in New Zealand, the lead-up to the armistice centenary has led to an unprecedented coverage on the meaning of armistice by the media, by the government and by uh, political commentators generally. The meaning and purpose of the centenary of armistice that ended World War I is contested, however. So, for example, the traditional stance on, First World War, on the First World War is to pre- present it as a struggle for democracy and liberation from German occupation. New Zealand soldiers were portrayed as struggling for our freedoms. However, alternative narr- narratives present the Great War as essentially a struggle between major imperial powers of Europe, especially of Germany and Great Britain, and of course New Zealand, Australia, etc., were uh, firm backers of um, the British Empire. In Aotearoa, compromise narrative now seems to be dominant, with the New Zealand participants in the First World War still being presented as heroes, alongside an emphasis of the destructive nature of the war. And that's your political roundup for today. Ah, stupid war. Yes. So we're celebrating a treaty <clears throat> that ended a war of treaties. Yes, the war to end all wars. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's yes. right. Yeah, I yeah. shouldn't laugh. But, yeah, but uh, then everybody signed yeah. non-aggression treaties and, and all that stuff after that war as well. I mean, and those, mm. were the, those were the, that, that, that was the whole problem. Mm. It was a whole, you know, we better get in there now because we said that we'd support them if anyone came over there, blah, blah, blah. Um, anyway, thanks, mate. That's, That's okay. Blah, blah, blah. Um, My pleasure.